0: topic number nine this is the one that like tantalized me so much which was what are your current thoughts on the gameplay loop of escape from tarkov we know you have many new features planned. generally speaking do you think the day-to-day play roughly represents what the game will look like around launch or will it be much different right which is the question which i was like oh my goodness this is like that's a that's a real that's a real good one
1: Welcome to Scav Talk, an Escape from Tarkov podcast with a focus on the continuing development of the game, patch note analysis, theory crafting, and general gameplay discussions. My name is Church, I'm one of your hosts, I do content creation, video editing, and occasional live streaming.
0: And I'm Gigabeef, a Tarkov YouTuber who's trying to help other people get better at Escape from Tarkov and is also on the road, which as an audio listener you may not be able to see, but I'm just sat in a random room here. And uh, we'll see how it goes, and welcome to the show.
1: <laughs> giga it's great to have you man i uh last episode i i got confused because i remember we uh had some discussion about you whether or not you were going to uh call in for the show so I'm, I'm really glad uh that you're able to and i hope you are having a good time with your family
0: yeah exactly i mean i i was thinking about whether we should make it work or not and i, I really wanted to keep it up because I the thing i said to you offline like i'm a stickler for keeping to a schedule once i've said i'm doing something and I, I hate i hate to go back on it it really it really sucks, so, um, <laughs> We can make it work and there's loads of stuff to talk about this week, so I'm really pleased that uh we've been Absolutely. able to to do it.
1: Yeah. So um yeah, let's jump straight into the news, man. So yeah. the big the big topic, uh factory expansion, the Nikki leaks, as they're called. Yes. Um I saw uh, Dan Exert actually, uh a friend of the show, he did a YouTube video and, and did a live on stream where he sort of like mapped it out with the pictures and like went in offline mode of factory and like put two or two together because i was looking at the screenshots and i was like where is this at like have they just completely changed the whole entire map but you know but uh it 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 dude it, it looks great like i'm really excited because it, it seems as if they've like taken that area where the um i don't know how you describe it like the opposite corner from office or, like, the opposite wall from Office, right? And they've, like, yeah. knocked all that out and just opened it up and pushed it back. And then it looks like there's even going to be a whole new Underground. I don't know if you saw that. And then you got the Labs terror group moving in and the tents and, like, the lore involved. Like, it, I, I'm really excited for it.
0: I think it's going to be super cool, actually, because one thing that I was slightly worried about with the factory expansion was that it was going to be too big and it was going to kind of lose that factory feeling. But um yeah. Yeah, as I said, you know, I've not been able to see as much. And I, I looked at those pictures like this week in general, but I looked at those pictures and was also a bit like, oh, OK, and you sent me that, that video, which I did watch. And um, if oh, you yeah. guys haven't checked it out on Dan Exit's channel on YouTube, go and check it out because it's uh, it, it's really, really good because he goes through it, and as Church says, he breaks it all down. But like the way that it looks to me is, as you say, it's that wall by the postman Pat little bunker. Yes. Getting knocked yes, through. Yes. And, it, and it does look as if and maybe there's more stuff that we haven't seen yet it does look as if it is just that one room so it's if you take the room with the three silos the postman pattern it and you copied that across through that wall you've got the helicopter yes. crash on the other side it seems to be about that big again um and it's and it's pretty cool because you've got that that ramp that goes down in, in the middle from the screenshot which actually links into the existing tunnel system and looks like you can yes go further as well so i think the way it looks is really cool They've added in some labs elements. There's a there's a little tent in there with the hazmat suits and stuff from labs, which mm-hmm, is awesome. Mm-hmm. Given that they're going to make it an entrance when, uh, when streets is around, I think that's um, that's super exciting. And uh, yeah, it looks it looks like it's going to be really fun. And there's not too like unless there's some stuff that they've not put it not shown us so far. It doesn't look like it's too big. It's um it's going to keep that factory feeling. Yeah. It's not going to be you know three four times the size. It looks like it's maybe a you know a doubling. If there's some extra bits that they haven't shown us and some extra underground or whatever, but you're still going to be able to, you know, rampage around and get to exits fairly quickly, and it's um, not going to lose too much of that factory feeling, which is actually something that I was a little bit concerned about in some ways because Tarkov doesn't really have that many places to kind of just blow off steam, right? And I did think it was sort yeah. of necessary in some ways because factory is sort of that map where you can get to the exit in 20 seconds. And it's a brilliant map just for game. I don't know, It's not necessarily in keeping with the game. So to speak, but from just a player's perspective, it is nice to be able to go into a raid where you know there's only 20 minutes from the clock, and you're going to be in out in five if you want to. If you just have you know a couple of minutes to play um, a raid, you have to go somewhere. So, I'm 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 pleased. I'm pleased with the way it looks so far. It's, it looks cool.
2: Yeah,
1: looks really promising for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I I I think Nikita himself said um on the Pastelli the team podcast that they did um, not too long ago that they increased the player count by one I think is what he was saying and then they wanted to increase it a little bit more but they wanted to test it as is with one extra player and see how it plays out so it sounds like it's going to be relatively the same experience um, like you were mm-hmm. saying and, and I like how it's like because before the factory map was kind of like And a reversed upside down L, if you can imagine that in your head, (laughs) like sort of like how you just like can go up and down and then left and right on the top side, but now it's like going to be a proper square or like a elongated rectangle. So it'd be more traditional to like a a map, I guess. So that's it. Sounds pretty cool. I'm really curious because there was that one screenshot that looked like just a big underground area. So that's going to be really interesting. and as you said, the labs, uh lore and like how they're gonna incorporate as an entrance. Like it's I'm all really excited for it. So that's gonna be really fun. I think that's coming out the next patch, which is supposed to be in like a month, roughly. Am I quoting that right?
0: I think so. Is that what eleven? I think so. The...
1: Yeah, twelve eleven, yeah.
0: Yeah, because there was a whole bunch of stuff that came out of um out of the podcast. Right. And there's that's mm-hmm. probably all of the that's the that's the cool stuff. Um specifically saying that you know, a few things are coming in 12.11 and that we're not actually going to get a wipe
2: for a while. I think that's probably the biggest piece of news that's come out. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I don't know.
0: I can see why they're not doing it, because if they're not bringing out a mm-hmm. particularly big piece of content, then it sort of makes sense. But it, it's it's almost a shame in some ways just because... The game is a, a little stale for a lot of people. Like uh, the thing is, I'm I'm not really speaking for myself to be honest because I'm still enjoying it and I haven't got a copy yet anyway myself because I, I haven't been prioritizing quests and stuff. So I've still got mm-hmm. plenty to do. But you know, you see enough enough other people think about not having enough content and they want something new to do. Right and, right, and not having a wipe kind of just is going to keep those people away from the game. But I think it's probably okay. I think that's probably fine. Right? It's um people who want more stuff. Like if there's not stuff ready, then don't wipe it and let them just stay away for a bit longer rather than bringing them back saying, oh, it's a new wipe and then everyone gets bored again within about a month. That probably doesn't really help.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think um, a month or two months ago I would have been in the group of please wipe the game every two months or something, but uh, my my perspective has been changed in more known ways, and so I'm personally fine the game not wiping um, Maybe because I'm not playing right now, but, um, yeah, as you said, I mean, it's like, I I would, I, the, the new content's going to be great and all, but I really will, I'm really craving a wipe with new game design choices or game, game mechanics, you know, I want to, I want to see that be more of a priority when it comes to wiping rather than, you know, a certain portion of the player base has already progressed through the progression system, you know, so. Yeah. I think yeah. it's fine. We'll have the new content and people like I'm gonna try it out. I'm gonna try Factory, like I'm curious to try it. And um Scav Karma was the other thing I think is supposed to be coming in if I'm quoting that right. Twelve eleven. Is that so. right? I was listening to the podcast, but I wasn't like I was <laughs> I was listening but I was paying attention to other things as well.
0: Yeah, so I had there was a there was a couple of uh Couple of things. I'm just going to have a look through the the notes that I'd uh, checked mm-hmm. out. I think that's karma. I think they said it was coming, but that's kind of what I thought. Voice is not, and they were just adding
1: extra, right? Extra
0: uh, extra voice lines or something. So yeah, so, okay, so so I guess we can just go through this, right? This is the um, the Tarkov reporter war correspondent Twitter who I was looking at to Shout get out. the information because it seemed like a really good summary. Um to me anyway.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it was.
0: And so his posts originally say, According to Nikita, along with Scavkar and the factory expansion, weapon misfires based on gun durability coming in in patch twelve eleven. Um and wipe not planned in the next weeks or months. Spoken about all the that already. And so yeah, Scav is coming in there. Um but I don't know whether it was on his one. Oh yeah, so VoIP is planned for patch twelve twelve. Um and Inertia won't make it into 12.11. So, yeah, so, so Scalp Karma's is coming in. But then there was another... It's, I'm kind of skipping about here because there was another
2: mm-hmm.
0: another piece of content, right, which is um, which is Nice Guys questions from the community.
1: Yes, yes, yes.
0: Quite, the problem is it's so hard to talk about these things all in kind of tandem and to go through them in a, in, a, in a list, which is what I would like to do because they're kind of all related, right? So if I go and have a look yeah. him, through his as well, he said, so this was topic six from Nice Guys um, post, Patch 12.11 is the next major patch. Expecting to bring the factory expansion as well as the first iteration of Scav Karma, how will people playing as um, different player Scavs be able to communicate as the Scavs have their own radio? And Nikita said communication between Scavs is planned to be expanded with the addition of voice lines, as in the PMC voice menu, no dedicated radio channel or something for Scavs only is planned. Which hmm. makes me slightly nervous for Scav Karma because I still I just don't know how you're going to arrange these things without it. So... Maybe they're just going to put it in, see what happens, and then with the um, bringing in a VoIP in twelve twelve, then it will actually work properly um, and that kind of thing. So I don't, I don't know. We're, we're just going to have to see. I, I, I just can't see how it's going to work properly without VoIP. That's the question.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm I tend to agree with you there, and, and I'm reminded of a article I read. Uh, and I mentioned this before so I'll be brief is the Rust development team was set with a dilemma where they the community was upset that people were killing on site and so they the community suggested that they introduced a bandit system which is kind of like sim- similar to Karma where when you kill someone you are like flagged as a bandit and now you're like you have these penalties applied to you or something um, and the development team stated that they didn't like that approach because it directly influenced player behavior. They wanted something more open ended, so they went down the road of VoIP. And yeah, just like like you're saying, man i i i, I saw Pastille's breakdown of, the, of his own podcast, and it seemed to me like. One of the things that stuck out was level two fence rep. You I'm gonna quote this wrong, so I'm sorry. You can get in non-insured items back. And I assume that's applicable to PMC, because obviously you can't insure on scav, yeah. but then again, this could be some Nikita ism, you know, some Russian to English, you know, translation error. So But that just like I was just thinking, I'm just like so basically, now I'm going to grind scav to get these rewards, and then for but for my PMC, like I don't know, it's I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Is is all I'm saying? But it's just it's very. We'll see, man. We'll see. I just I don't know. Oh, yeah. I I hope it I hope it works out. But I'm just very skeptical of of the whole system, being yeah. able to accomplish what they want by it by itself, just the system in place. So.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be difficult. I I don't know why, as I said, that they're splitting up Scav Karma patch and the VoIP patch. I would I would have thought it would make more sense to just move Scav Karma into right. the VoIP. I don't really see any advantage to to doing it the way they're doing it, but we'll see. Maybe they want to iron out those bugs first before VoIP comes in and people it properly and they want the system in place and they want That's, to get rid of those. Yeah, bugs yeah, first. yeah, yeah. So I don't know we'll, And we'll maybe
1: see. even they've been testing scav karma on ETS. Um, and maybe they want to iron. They haven't even gotten to the point to test out Voip on ETS uh, early test servers. Um, yeah, so that that could be that's definitely a possibility for sure.
0: Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, okay, so what else was there in terms of the Nikita patch? So factory expansion, one more PMC slot, which you already mentioned. Inertia won't make it into patch twelve eleven. Wipe is yeah. planned for patch twelve. Twelve and lighthouse being prototyped in the one release before in the in the summer before Street. Is what they're saying.
1: Which is when I would estimate a wipe is the lighthouse patch. That's kind of what I was thinking. I think that would um, be like fun. August or something. I, I think even I watched a um a nice guy podcast because he's doing the Tarkov morning show now. Yeah. Um and that's kind of what him and his chat came up with as a timeline is somewhere in august lighthouse will come with the wipe and <laughs> what's up ghost <laughs> ghost just popped in my chat and started spamming clean emotes <laughs> he does this every time uh, so yeah um that's kind of my timeline is factory expansion around august june or july maybe even later we'll see lighthouse Plus a wipe. And maybe by that time we'll have inertia slash VoIP. We'll see. VoIP's going to be really interesting, man. I just, I really hope it, it, man, I, I just, I almost, I almost feel like VoIP is coming a little too soon. That's just my gut uh, really? feeling there. Yeah, I just, I, I, I feel like, I feel like there's other priorities that the game needs to address to make voip more meaningful because if if, for example if if the idea of voip is to help people communicate um work together or not work together it's like if if the the progression is meaningless you know if like if i have all the money if like money's not a problem then what's what i'm not really incentivized to work together with someone you know so yeah that's kind of my
0: Maybe this is why they're doing it in the order they're doing it, because it kind of would mm-hmm. matter more as a SCAV in the first place. They want to make sure that the system works first, SCAV Karma, so that then when VoIP is added, people then actually use it for what it's for. Um, and they want to tailor the SCAV Karma system, amend it and tweak it how they want VoIP to be used. And so when VoIP gets added, the SCAV Karma is kind of already finessed a little bit, and then it will make a bit more sense. That's kind of what I would hope, anyway, and and we'll see. I mean, did you see, um, there was actually a video, another Nice Guy video. I mean, we're going to reference him a lot because obviously he's putting out a lot of stuff about, firstly, just news in general, but secondly, he's got probably one of the, I mean, this is speculation, but I imagine the way that he views the game is probably one of the closest representations of how Nikita thinks about the game. Um, And he's got, you know, he's just spent a lot of time thinking about how the end game should look how it would feel and he did a video recently which was running through a typical raid i don't know whether you um, whether you saw that but it was honestly it was, it was fantastic it was like how a raid would look at the end state of tarkov once everything's implemented and how it would feel and that included you know map to map travel a combination of pmcs versus scavs the way boy would um, interact with different players, like w- why you'd end up going on player-centric missions, that kind of thing. Like that it was—it was absolutely fantastic the way he put that together, um, and th- and that made me yeah. excited for the end state. I thought that was uh, that was brilliant. Are
1: you are you referencing the video where he um where he like sort of like uh, lays out his vision for how the game will play out? Is that is that well, what he, you're referencing? He there
0: actually goes through an example of a series of raids effectively yes um, and it's the one that ends in streets and uh
1: yeah, yeah i think i remember seeing that
0: and he, and he gets tarkov'd or the, 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 the pnc gets tarkov'd in streets but it's like it's just really really nice because it's kind of like it's what you've said previously about making the game sandboxy enough to drive players to make their own quests without having to enforce a quest structure on the game you know it's like oh i need some magazines for this particular weapon so i need to go to this particular place to go and visit a certain trader who's only available in raid like that that kind of thing right like
2: mm-hmm. it's
0: great when players create their own goals their own yeah mission, their own content that kind of and and his scenario kind of laid a bunch of stuff out like that which i think is is you know is, is good and that sort of that made me excited about voip and so that was why i was hoping that the scav karma thing would incentivize people to use voip in the first place that it's not just going to get added and then kind of pushed to the wayside by by players because it's not necessary kind of like as you said if you have all the money why would you even use voip you're just going to shoot somebody yeah and yes you do need more stuff in the game but you need a way to kind of introduce to it and i think scab karma might be might be that way because people if if they're using it as player scabs then that's that's good
1: i see your point it in in the current state tarkov scab would be the most um optimal way for people to or the most I don't know what's the right word, but it it's it, it kind of goes hand in hand, I guess. VoIP and scav goes hand in hand. So it is a good way to sort of like test it. Yeah. And uh unless see what... of
0: course unless of course they introduce it with the wipe. And then it could actually be
1: quite that, interesting. Ooh, that could be huge. That could be huge. Um that'd be really interesting, yeah for sure. That'd be really interesting, man.
0: So yeah, we just gonna have to That's see on on. <laughs> Imagine, <laughs> one,
1: that. has got me excited. Imagine if you had level one, like,
0: no, let me get my pocket watch, you
1: know. Yeah, dude. It'd be great. I would love to be able to uh it's it's such a fun experience. I mean, it always doesn't work out in your favor, but it's so fun to like interact with people and like on in a game in VoIP and have like this element of trust that you're trying to build, but it's like not you're like constantly checking your back, you know what I mean? And then it's like yeah. You can sort of like game gamify it you know and like you know trick trick people you know and, and betray them but it's like such a fun element to it i th- personally so
2: exactly. um exactly
1: yeah that'll be fun that'll be fun um, so um
0: else out of the main like nikita podcast and like what's upcoming that you wanted to discuss because i wouldn't just talk about some of the like community questions stuff but let's like finish off the podcast first, because you've seen Pestle Lee's um, summary, which I haven't seen. So mm-hmm. I don't know if there was anything else in there that was um, particularly interesting.
1: I'm trying to think. I don't think so. Nothing's really popping up for me. So I think those were the big things.
0: Yeah, there was like a, some bits about arena and stuff, but I don't think like offline co-op and plate carriers for like twelve, thirteen. It looks like on the summary. Yeah, so I've talked about this kind of stuff before. I'm excited for it, but it's sort of off in the distance, and you know, right, we'll, right. We'll just We'll just look forward to it and see what happens. Um and they continue to save streets before the end of the year, so I don't think there's really anything that new there. Um mm-hmm. like I think there was one thing about extract campers um where what what, what do they say here? Like Nikita says it's a legitimate military strategy, you have to take it into account, but they need to add some more extract options to potential extract campers in and of itself. But it's you know it's a legitimate military strategy to ambush somebody at at a, at a place, which is fine. Um, you know, and there's been talked to
2: death.
1: I I thought that was interesting. Um, I did see Tarkov reporter um, yeah, da, 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 put that out where Nikita. I'm going to pull it up because I do not want to misquote here. Um, <laughs> assuming that I'm quoting a quoter, so let's just uh, assume that this is all accurate here. Uh... Da, 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 da. Nikita says he doesn't like extract campers, but he says that is a legitimate military strategy, and you must take that into account when you're moving towards the expo. He did add they need to add more extract options in order to decrease the potential of extract camping. And and I sort of assumed by I gave Nikita the benefit of the doubt. When he says he doesn't like extract campers, he's sort of viewing it from a game design balance standpoint. It's sort of my thought process. Um not like he's Saying, hey I don't like extract campers because they're cringe, bro, or you know something <laughs> whatever type of stigma yeah. you want to apply um, so that's kind of my thought, and I thought that was really interesting, and i was I was sort of like, uh, you know it's like um I think you know within the game rules, extract camping is like a totally legitimate viable, viable strategy um and perhaps maybe in the future it could become a very meta strategy. Um, you know, so because I th- I think it is sort of like if you choose to camp your extract or camp the extract you spawn at, you really don't have to do it. Any- you really don't have to go anywhere and risk anything. You just sort of sit there and wait. You know, yeah. And um, depending on the map and the balance and design, it can be like really op. It could be like you know not so op. So it's um, I yeah, I, I thought it was interesting that he sort of uh made made a point to comment on that so i thought that was interesting yeah yeah but uh
0: we'll see if they add more moving on i think to change or whatever but yeah, yeah we've talked about it a bunch um i think yeah the the other one the other one i want to talk about because it's kind of like two things that sort of came at the same time which again yeah going back to nice guys one which was the community uh community question which i thought was actually possibly more interesting than Some of the stuff that came out of like the main podcast, in some ways, because that's again, it's more about like what Nice Guys' deal is, right? It's more about the vision of the game and what what we we can expect to see, even from a more kind of like meta perspective, not not necessarily just like here's going to be this this particular feature at this time, this feature this time, this feature this time. It's more just like, what's your feeling about the game? Like, what do you think about it? Like, some of these questions I thought were really really well worded. Yes. Um, Yes. So let's just have a quick look through so what did he say so topic one i actually i thought that most of these were really really good so some of them we can just skip over so the first one was how are they doing in terms of the projects we can just skip over that because we've kind of discussed that already um topic two was several interesting features they haven't talked about recently gas grenades coughing and smoking cooking grenades breaching that kind of thing um which i think he said that they're not working on at the moment but all of those things are going to be in the game but it's kind of a soon tm situation mm-hmm.
2: Um, yeah.
0: Uh what else? Yeah, new, like quests about daily, weekly quests, that kind of thing, which I guess is not coming soon either. Um, but it is planned. Is actually, really, really interesting. See, so, yeah, because there's a couple of other stuff like there's about a bit about factions, a bit about future weapons. Um, the point I mentioned previously, which was about the radio thing, which is not coming. Um, and I guess it's just going to be like the reason for that is because of the uh, is because of VoIP instead uh uh what was it so there's there's one that was uh, here we go topic number nine this is the one that like tantalized me so much which was what are your current thoughts on the gameplay loop of escape from tarkov we know you have many new features planned. Yeah. generally speaking do you think the day-to-day play roughly represents what the game will look like around launch or will it be much different right which is the question which I was like, oh my goodness, this is like that's a that's a real that's a real good one because I think like a lot of people have tried to ask the key to this in the past, um, and it's been difficult to do so because of language barrier or whatever. And so asking it as like a written Q and A, I think is actually really perfect because it also gives him some time to think too. Like it's not an easy question to answer just on the fly. Um, and he said, it will be different, of course, because right now it's in testing. Although not everybody understands this, and they say it's not a test; it's already a completed game. It will change. It will be played differently because we've still, we still have game changing features coming. For example, weapon malfunctions will change the game. The ability to be knocked out and the unconscious state will also make changes to how the game is played. And this is only two out of perhaps ten or even more big game changing features. So 100% it will be played differently, not entirely differently, but it will be harder. It will be more hardcore. And yes, it will be different. But the most interesting thing about the whole thing, right? So he said right now, we don't exactly have such a thing as a gameplay loop because it is currently more of a wipe-to-wipe mm. wipe loop. We don't have the right. end-game content yet, but we are working on it. The Storyline Quest, for example, these will add the end-game content. With those, it will be more like the way we want it to be, like how it should be played with the end game features. So right now, it's more like a testing loop from wipe-to-wipe. Wipe. I thought that was really, really good, because...
1: That's really good. That's really reassuring, very insightful.
0: Exactly. And it's like... We do have, like, it's, it's he's described exactly the situation that we're in in that we do have a white mm-hmm. to white loop. You start the white with nothing, you grind up a bunch of stuff, you end up with infinite money, and then they wipe the game again, right? And that's that's just how it is right now. And I like the fact that he's recognized that that's really yeah positive to me, as opposed to him just saying, Oh, yeah, look, the game's great right now, you know, people are having real, yeah, real fun in the end game. Because I know that often he's accused of either not playing the game or not being as in touch with the community as he could potentially be, that kind of thing, which um, I think is maybe slightly unfair. And so him making those comments is, is very pleasing because it shows that he is in touch with exactly what's happening because I think that's a very accurate description of yeah. how the gameplay work- works right now and how just like, the broader yeah wipe feels and how it feels to play Escape from Tarkov between each wipes from start to finish.
2: Yeah, that's... um. That's great to hear that coming from Nikita. I mean, that's just like, that's,
1: you know, <laughs> this is great. I love it. So, um, yeah. I mean, before, I just could not fathom a whitelist Tarkov. Um, but a lot of things have changed since then. And it's like, man, this has been, it's just great to hear him, you know. Yeah, it's great, man. It makes me yeah. really excited because my hope is that the gameplay loop is just like this roguelike experience where you can just like try to escape from tarkov once again you know it's just like this renewable thing you could try i mean sure it's like the same game and the same mechanics but it's like just the challenge of like crawling through the dungeon of escaping tarkov if you will is just gonna be like so i mean i just love it man i, l- I love the types of games like hades um slate aspire any, any of these type of games man it's just like the the amount of like replay value in the game is just like great and I don't think there's a game, specifically a first person shooter, um, that has what Tarkov could potentially be. This like story driven gameplay loop and like it's just it's gonna I'm excited. So it's gonna be great man.
0: Exactly. But it does I think this is the thing, right? It does need to be more challenging towards the end game. So I'm I'm hoping that they they do the things that we've spoken about before to try and keep the new players playing and make the, yes. the road roguelike feeling for the end game. Um that's
1: gotta, game for gotta take care of the new players. got otherwise then who's yeah. gonna enjoy the game? You know, it's like yeah, so Exactly.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I think there was <laughs> there was only one other question that I thought was interesting, which was the follow one straight from that, which is the community seems to be split between rats and Chad, some are here to dominate PvP, others are here to survive. What do you think? about people who are worried their interests aren't going to be supported and he was just basically like i don't really understand the question people who are used to a simpler way of playing um yeah you know, if they're just going to chat about that's not really what skiff and of is ultimately mm-hmm. pretty much what he said and um and then the game process are not made to uh, make the game easier for those players um, and that he doesn't really like metas that's you know, kind of what he he said he, he was basically like you know you should you should be making your advantage like through your gameplay and the way that you're thinking about situations and your tactics and that kind of thing. It shouldn't be just because you've got like an overpowered weapon or whatever because you're using like the game mechanics to do it and I think again, that's you know something that is on them, right They have to fix that. It's not up to the players, it's up to them um to yeah. change that. but I think again, like oh, you know we, we've seen time and time again that that's kind of the way that he wants it to go um and given some of the other comments i, I think you know I, th- I think we'll get there and like i, I do think that slowly the game's going to get more and more hardcore over time um and we're just gonna have to see because yeah the way that it works right now with the wipe to wipe gameplay which i'm going to quote a billion times now because it's the official official you know, nikitaism with um, <laughs> the flea market the way it is it's just not the way that the game's going to end up being right you're not just going to be able to snap together a gun in three seconds as you know, got 30 mm-hmm. recoil an 80 year ago and just like run into red with better slot ammo. It's just not, that's not going to happen um, at the end game. I'm pretty sure about that now, especially after seeing what he's saying um, and the way that, you know, nice guy's been speculating about the game. And it's, I, th- I think this, yeah, it's good. It's going in the right direction. It's going in the right direction.
1: I'm definitely want to, uh, I'm definitely going to check out that video because um, I didn't really finish the team podcast but um that video sounds way more um interesting to me personally than what was going on in the team podcast not to uh you know hate on any of the people in 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 that but it was very is more like is it is a, a different it was it, it's different i'll put it to you like that so um anyways that that's really cool man that I, yeah i definitely want to check that out um
0: yeah. Anyone else who hasn't checked that out as well? Like, go to Nice Guy's channel. And go and look. Yeah, it for sure. I can't. Like, I can't remember the name of the video, unfortunately. But it's um, it's something like you know what
1: community a, questions or it's like
0: it's like what a, what a raid in Escape from Tarkov should look like that kind of thing. The community. Oh, questions that is on, one. Yeah, is on, yeah, yeah, yeah. on the forum. The community questions is on the official Escape from Tarkov forum, um, and it's in it's in written word format.
1: Gotcha. I thought. See, I thought he also did a video going over those questions as well.
0: I think he might have done, but I've not seen it yet. Well, I think he might have done one of his okay. morning live streams, um, but because it's an hour long, I, I can't watch
2: it. Okay. <laughs> I'll
1: I'll put it in the description. I'll find both both videos and um, even the, the form one, and we'll have it in the description on the video side. And then also on the audio side, I'll put it in the description as well. You can check it out okay. for yourselves. Um, there was something else I was going to say, but it slipped my mind, so we'll just move on. Okay, if you remember, um, we can about it. Sure. Was there any other I guess the one other thing I'll mention as far as news goes is they did the patch not too long ago a couple days ago where they fixed the hand bug animation where sometimes you would reload or be doing a certain action with your hands and then you're you'd be like frozen in that animation you couldn't you couldn't do anything you'd just like run around with like your
2: yeah you know
1: <laughs> your salhouette stuck in your hand or whatever so that and apparently that game that that's been in the that's been a bug in the game way before since I've been playing like it's been there for a while so and I've always assumed that that was going to be something they were going to fix eventually so it's it's glad I'm um, glad to see it's getting squashed now um, but that would be good better gameplay experience for everyone
0: yeah I haven't seen like anybody I haven't actually looked to see if what people have said about that yet whether anyone's actually had it or not because I didn't use to mm-hmm. get it that often I have to say but I have had it occasionally it's pretty rare really annoying it's like certain guns I think like the MDR be yes. terrible culprit.
1: I um, don't know why it's that case, but yeah, I I'm swear it's sure. start I'm sorry to cut you I swear it's the MDR and sprinting while reloading. It's like that combination just like always triggers it for me. And then you end uh, up it drives me crazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I had to um I had to restart. In one of the toilets in, in reserve, one time because I was like in a firefight and I tried to reload and I was just like, uh, uh, uh and I, like sprint off trying to find a bathroom and like stand on the stall and like f four and stuff." <laughs> so, hopefully, that's gone because that was honestly one of the most annoying bugs.
1: I remember what I was going to say um, when you were talking about meta. Nikita doesn't mm. like meta. I wonder what he means by meta. Does he mean the? Does he mean the meta? Like the actual meta, like the HKs and the mods and and the ammo and and the gear, or does he mean like the concept of a meta? Um, and I ask that I, because I feel like it's inevitable to have a a meta, right? In every game, there's sort of a
0: yes,
1: at least to my knowledge.
0: I think he means like yeah, the, the HK slick ult in meta or, or or whatever of that type, and. There's an implication there in what he said, which I take mm-hmm. that even if there is something that is meta, it will not be accessible in the way that it is now in the final product, and therefore it won't be like it is. You know, So like, you could still potentially build that kit, but the armor is going to be super rare. All of the mods for the HK is going to take you forever to farm, so it's not going to be meta because you're just not going to be able to find this stuff. That, that's the way I interpret it. I don't know if that's right or not, but that's the way that I would think about it.
1: That's kind of what I'm thinking as well, right? Because then now we have like this sort of like always a quest to get these really rare items, right? Because they're really valuable. You know, that's always like a player driven, non written quest, you know? So I think that makes sense to me in that context of what he's saying.
0: Yeah, so we'll see how that plays out. But like, I just, again, talking about the end state of the game yeah mm-hmm. some of these best in slot attachments like I'm hoping that they they're either going to be quest driven from a trader, say a daily weekly task or whatever to get you know a best in slot suppressor or stock or, or whatever it is, or they're going to be finding raid only in particular containers you know dynamic loot wise that you might have to go to reserve um to get you know whatever it might be a particular foregrip or something so you're not just gonna be able to buy them off the traders and just piece them together to make yourself this meta gun um I don't know like. Lots of people have different opinions about it, but one of the things that I really enjoy is the early modding of these of weapons, for level ten, when you just have to put a gun together for bits you find. I think it's super cool. Like some people do genuinely disagree with me though, and just don't find that as interesting. Um, they like the choice, and but I think the problem is, is that yeah, what some stuff is just distinctly better than than other other parts. They all kind of oh, come 100%. at the same time, right? So if once you get because the traders are so kind of. You know bucketed it's like well you get access to yeah. these three four grips at the same time but like because the, the money is not that different you basically just choose the same one every time um so i'm excited for more variability i think that's kind of what nikita probably means more variety in builds you're not just gonna have people running the same build carbon copies on youtube right through, right or whatever
2: um over and over and over again that's what i would hope yeah So, yeah, news, I think,
0: I think that's it. There was actually, there was, that was quite a lot of, like, actual news this week, which is, um again, well, I'm, like, I'm, I'm super pleased that we actually decided to run something this week. If we said, like, yeah. oh, no, we'll sack it off this week, then, like, all of this stuff comes out, I'd have been sat there thinking, oh, no, this is, this is not, this is not good. So, I guess, like, was there any other news elements that you wanted to discuss before we moved on tangentially to something slightly different? No. Okay so this is not really like there's not really news news um but there's been noise in the community around a particular Notice. topic um which is Clean's post um uh, which you know he's been talking about for a long time um about the secure container and it's it's quite nice because it sort of neatly wraps into what we were discussing last week with uh, with the about how he has said again reiterated that the container should effectively be Read only <laughs> while you're in raid. So you lock it, you can't put stuff mm-hmm. in, you can only take stuff out, which is basically the conclusion we came to you last week in terms of um you know fixing some of the problems around the lack of hardcornness of, of the secure container mechanics. So I thought that was quite interesting yeah. that that actually appeared like literally the week after we were talking about it. Oh, very it was, like, interesting. Kind of cool.
1: Coincidental um, for sure.
0: I, I think so. I think so. But you know, it's still still interesting that it's kind of come up in the community in like a few different places all at once Uh, because i think a lot of people are thinking about this stuff and you know without actually having any news until halfway through this week um people have been thinking about the game and the way it should be um like we have so it's it's fascinating that he's been talking about this for a long time and again people have people have kind of got the, the pros and cons of it like like uh like we discussed last time about how you know players might leave a raid early and you might get more exit campers and this kind of thing. So there's you know there's there's people on both sides of the of the fence on on the topic.
1: Yeah, I mean, ooh, there's a lot there to say. Um, I would say that we just got to start with the the basics, man. Like if if Tarkov's a hardcore game, we we just it it just how the container functions currently just
2: cannot exist i mean it just sort of like
1: it's like the antithesis of hardcore you know it's like such a i mean and and i want to say like i think that nikita when he was sort of like coming up with this game design he wanted to his approach was sort of like how can I incentivize players to bring more gear out? What what if they, when they died, they didn't get the full punishment of death, you know, losing all their gear. They could like keep a couple of things. And so I think ultimately it came from a place of like love in the sense that he wants to like take care of the player. You know, he doesn't want to like give him the full punishment. And it's just unfortunate that he did not anticipate. And then I don't even think, Any, any, any of us would have been anticipate Sort of the fallout of how it's possible to um, completely negate any any punishments, and instead you get rewarded, and that's just like it. Just it just kind of brings so much meaningless once you sort of like take take the red pill, if you will. (laughs) I think that's reference to the Matrix.
0: And it's, uh, yeah, you take it to the logical conclusion and it's just, it's just, like, problematic for the identity of, like, what the game achieves. Um,
1: that's, that's kind of my thinking, yeah, it's like.
0: Yeah, because there's, like, it's just so much discussion about, like, well, it will make it harder for players who aren't very good and die a lot in raid, and it's just like, well, yes, it, it may well do, but I think you can, yeah you can fix that and. Help people in other ways. I don't think this should be the crutch. Like yeah. there can be other ways you can make the game easier, right? And this this is not this is not one of it. Just get prep to give people more gear or something. I, I, I don't know. Um,
1: there's like, there's so rock, many. Sorry.
0: As, as in like if you're hitting rock bottom, then just you know get prep to give you some more gear or whatever, right? It's like there's yeah yeah you know, give people a lower scab cooldown or something if you're under level five. Like I don't know. There's like there's ways to help new players and players that are not that good at the game without sacrificing,
2: you know, this. Because it just... As the core said, right, essence it, it, yeah. of Tarkov. Exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so. there's,
1: there's, like, there, like, to be clear, this is not an attack on new players or people that don't have a lot of time or, you know, people that don't want to invest a lot of time. This is, like, just a fundamental issue um with the game and, and like the the yeah the the Tarkov experience if you will this sort of just like nullifies that experience and it's it's i don't know man it's been it's been tough because now like I, when i started playing tarkov you know you sort of like once you've learned done all the research and the learning you know sort of like the veil starts tearing away you know it's like you, you come in with a mindset like this is really tactical and shooting and then like you sort of start to learn and adapt like okay based on how the net code is and things of nature maybe we maybe it's like playing a little bit more into some arcadey elements and like inertia, inertia not being in the game and things of that nature so anyways but then it's like man I really like this game but why am I not having as much fun as you know when I first started playing and this is come, this is like sort of my experience and I was like hmm Maybe it's like too easy to get money, you know? So then I started like diving into um, economic principles and doing research there. And, you know, I sort of came to the conclusion that, oh, it's like the traders are the problem. They're not adjusting their prices dynamically. And then it's like, come to find out that was a thing in the past, you know, that we've had a patch where the traders used to adjust their prices, but that we'll just say that did not work out. And, um, so it's like, hmm, well, maybe it's, you know, it's like, well, okay, it's like a, you know, let's like dive a bit deeper. It's not really an economic issue. It's more of like a a uh, progression issue. You know, you, you sort of like progress too fast or progression is too easy. So then you start looking at like, why is this the case? And when I was looking at some flea market stuff, that's how I found arcs because he had an article on the old flea market era and the new, or sorry, the, the game progression um before the flea market was in the game and then afterwards sort of like comparing and contrasting the two and then that's how the whole container debacle started with me it was like (laughs) because he had we started i was like dude i need to talk to you about i got some ideas and so we went through these ideas and then as we went through that process it led to the container and um it's just like wow this is like this like supersedes every other issue in the game outside of like servers. Cause that's not really related, but any like, you know, progression, anything related to progression, this is like just a core issue because it's like, no matter what we do to the economy, to the traders, to the loot diversity pool, any of that stuff, this is still going to exist and it's still going to be a problem. Right. Cause it's like, and it, and it benefits anybody, you know, if you play a thousand hours a day, or whatever, you play five minutes a day, you're still equally affected by this and the aspect that you can progress um, and not really lose anything, not get punished. It's just, it's such, to me, it's just like, man, we really got to get to a place where we all recognize this and BSG can feel comfortable because I think it's very clear that Nikita sees this as an issue But there's sort of this like hesitation or this fear of what could be the outcome, you know, if it's not the community response. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I can see it in the discussions on the tweets, you know, it's like when Clean made that post, like one of the common things, like the number one thing that comes out is like, well, what about the new players? What about the casuals? And by casuals, I assume he in that context, we're referring to people that don't have a lot of time to play. Um, and it's like, guys, we can, we can absolutely take care of those people. It's just, we do not want to compromise the vision, the experience of the game that Nikita is trying to give us. It's that's, that's really what it comes down to for me. Like I can live with butt mad gamers. You know what I mean? I can, I can live with like whatever, you know, expo campers, like whatever. And we can like deal with those things way down the road, but I me
2: personally, it's really tough for me to
1: uh, play Tarkov right now. It's really hard for me. Yeah.
2: I feel
0: like the the only, the only place that I would disagree a little bit is that I do agree that it's an issue and that it does go, kind of go, you know, it's galling to, it's like immersion breaking in some ways, right, to this kind of stuff going on. However, I wouldn't say it necessarily affects me and my gameplay that much and there are some elements that i do think are probably more problematic but they're not as easy to fix in general so like i as we've spoken previously just about like the traders and the way that progression actually works and i do think that things like that are probably for me personally bigger broader issue to be fixed but the thing is right because like like how 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 much does it actually affect me and my game like my day-to-day gameplay in eft not not a great deal probably because i don't do a huge amount of looting um but it's like those guys who are doing that kind of stuff are playing on the maps they're running in and they're grabbing things right and so there's a subset of players who are playing the game in that particular way and yes it's something that should be fixed because it shouldn't really be done but it doesn't affect me all that much and so even though I i completely agree with you completely agree with you that it should, should be fixed and something should be done about it. I'm not sure if it, for me it's necessarily like number one priority of like ways to make the game more enjoyable and more fun and I wouldn't say actually, I wouldn't say it like breaks my my want to play personally. I know, every, you know it's just different for everybody um, and it is kind of annoying when you just run into some hatchling that's got nothing on them and you're like what is this naked dude just running around for right? It's just like weird um, and as I said it's kind of immersion breaking but um, yeah I think just like Level 4 traders having all of the items on them probably makes me more annoyed than than hatchlings, I would say, for me personally.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I, I, I do want to clarify, for me, it's not about the hatchet. Like, it's not the hatchling. It's just the container mechanics. And as you said, it, it sounds like you don't utilize the container as much. Is that kind of true from what I'm getting from you? I guess like sorta... you know, I,
0: occasionally I'll find something that's decent and I'll swap it out for some of the ammo in my in my thing but I don't like I don't really like you you know me right? I have a bit of a weird gameplay style I don't really do GPU runs like I don't really do LedX runs yeah. I've found I have found one LedX in my entire talk of career and that was for the quest this wipe because I had to do it finding raid I've never found another LedX in raid <laughs> mm-hmm. And I just don't, I never do those, like, high-value loot runs. I just don't find it necessary, and I don't really find it that enjoyable, either. I don't I don't really know what I do. People ask me sometimes, but it's just, um, I think it's just, like, I, I more enjoy, like, min-maxing my kits and, like, developing the hideout and that kind of thing than actually going and just, like, running GPUs. So, for me, it's not really a problem, because, like, I might, you know, find something that's, like, semi-decent and just stick it in my container instead of, like, an IFAC and maybe whatever else is in there. But... It's not like a major money source, and uh, it doesn't really affect gameplay that much on my side at all. But I do play the game in a kind of weird way, so that's.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it is interesting because it sounds like you mid max more your ability to play Tarkov versus mid maxing a mechanic in Tarkov, whether that's like um, the container or. Bunny hopping, I guess that could fall into like the skill category. i do trying to think of some other examples. What's some like people like arrowing min maxes the economy really hard, like killed. Um and I guess the hideout too, which you do as well. But the, I guess you kind of see what I'm saying is it seems like you don't prioritize min maxing the potential of the container. Like for example, uh oh. <laughs> last
2: connection, last connection. Oh dear. Hello. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I could hear you the whole time. That's super weird.
1: Oh really? Okay. (laughs) Um. For example, you do you do the AK seventy four SU gas tube trick in the container? No.
2: Do You do that at all? Really? Okay. You should try it. It's
1: it's really effective because if you kill a guy,
0: attachments and stuff. Like
1: scopes. Say again? Something yeah, yeah. Like if you scopes. die, yeah, yeah. So what you do is you get the I think it's like the AK74SU gas tube, and then you get the XDR handguard rail or whatever. That's like for the AK74. And it has like the the back rail and then the front rail and then the gap in the middle. Um, you put you can put two tactical devices, a grip, and one big scope in the back, and then one small scope in the front. So you can fit like what is that? Hmm. Seven attachments? Five attachments? Five attachments on in that single slot? Like that's a lot of value, man. And so if you die, it's like that's like a, what a third of your kit paid for. Um, but that's not really the issue. It's, it's for me, it's more just like yeah. Anyways, I don't know, man. It's it's I, I see what you're saying. I think is that. You would, you personally aren't as affected by that. That's, that's not something you really prioritize in your gameplay. So you would yeah. prefer more. Yeah. I think I see what you're saying there. Yeah. And that makes sense to me. I wouldn't say
0: it's like a major source of money. I think that's the thing, right? It's just like if my issue is that the game is too easy because of, you know, when you get to the end game, because money is just not a problem, then the container isn't the problem for me in any way.
1: Yeah, I would say it's not a major source of money. I would say it's a major source of
2: uh risk.
1: Um, what's the word?
2: Mitigation.
1: No, nulligation, no You know, it's um, I I like Van, You could like yeah. You can really like like I've mentioned many times on this podcast. My buddy, he basically. That's sort of his playstyle. Is he maximizes the container value with this kit? So he, if he dies, the majority of the time he's losing barely anything, or he's in the profits. So, um, yeah, and I guess there is a portion of the player base that doesn't really use that container mechanic to their advantage. Um it's just man for me it's just like knowing that it's like so hard for me to uh, uh on top of the other issues that EFT has in terms of its progression and economy it's hard for me to sort of i want to like bring back that experience of you know that first wipe
2: you should <laughs> uh, you should it's Hub really Hall.
1: hard for me to i yeah i should i mean i played i played my I want to say my first wipe, I wiped my account once I got to like end game and I played a no flea market run. Cause that was sort of my thing is like, there's something wrong here. I'm not having as much fun. The flea markets the issue. That's where I started. And you know, it's, it was like, it's like, yeah, this could like kind of, maybe this is it, but I'm still getting like flea market gear from in raids. And I'm, you know, the traders, I still like level up the traders and they have really good stuff. And then, you know, the the container I didn't really wasn't really conscious of like the container stuff but um and then I did the open world challenge which was like my sort of like way to experience tarkov's future now so like you travel map to map and it's like the traders how I set it up was if I my hideout was like outside a factory so to leave my base or hideout I had to go to factory and then once I extract from factory, I could choose where to go, either reserve or customs or reserve, reserve woods or customs because it sort of like splits off in three different directions. And then like if I wanted to go to like interchange, I have to go from customs to yeah. interchange, I think. And then if I wanted to access the flea market, I have to go to labs. And then huh. e- once I extract from labs, I can use the flea market, but only for that turn. So basically what happened is like I would... My goal one of my objectives which I thought was really fun was I wanted to get a bunch of SKSs, right? So my goal was to go from factory, survive factory, go to reserve. Once I leave reserve, I now can do business with Prapper, so I buy a bunch of SKSs, then I go back to factory, so I got this backpack full of SKSs and I'm trying to get to my hideout, so I got to extract from factory to go to my hideout. It was a lot of fun. It was really brutal, really punishing cuz not everyone's yeah. on the same rule sets, but it it was actually a lot of fun. Um but yeah, maybe I should do just just to make the game more enjoyable for me is to do like just no container. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: it, actually, I don't like, I actually Sorry, no, no, keep going, keep going.
1: I was just gonna say I actually want to do more scav runs. because um, I was watching Clean and I'm starting to see the value of the scav runs in the terms of being enjoyable for the player. Mm-hmm. So um, I think I think that will probably be something I wanna do more.
0: That's cool. Yeah. runs a lot of fun. Now I was like, I've been brainstorming this week, actually, just like in the back of my mind, something similar to what you were talking about in terms of like an open world challenge and like trying to put together like a fun rule set. Like I'm not sure if I'm actually going to run it yet. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll see. But I was thinking about it more after I saw the notes from the podcast with Nikita, where he said the wipe's not coming yet and there's going to be like another month or two. And I was thinking, oh, geez. Okay. Um, I was kind of like, I was kind of hoping it would be, there would be something soon and that they'd surprise us with like, you know, a a new map or whatever, like next week or something like that. But um, seeing as that's, well, I don't know, who knows actually, to be fair, because last time he said there wasn't a wipe coming and then he did it. So, you know, we'll we'll have to see. Yeah, you never know. But if there isn't, then I would be more tempted to try something like that. And I'm thinking up a, a rule set and I guess like. And I need to to put a bit more work into it, but I need to look at some other people's rule sets. Maybe we can have a discussion as well offline about um, about the way that like what you found worked, what didn't work. But I think something like that's quite interesting. Where you have like you have a home base, you have um, maps that are linked to other maps in some kind of you know whatever arrangement you want, and there's requirements before you can go to labs. Or the way I was thinking of it is like you've got requirements before you go to labs. There's requirements before you can get to reserve that kind of thing. Um, I quite like the idea about the flea market one. But yeah, there's a couple of things, and then um, I was thinking about like another restriction, which I think we've spoken about previously about hardcore, which is um, I was going to. By the way, I wrote it down where I was thinking about it was uh, like fingerprint ID weapons and like armor that uh, that doesn't fit or whatever. So you can only you can only use finding raid weapons and armor. You can't use other PMCs weapons because that otherwise you end up short circuiting it, like in the way that we've talked about before, because other people are using the flea and then you just take their stuff. So even though it's like super super hard it might be more entertaining more fun that way otherwise after a couple of kills you end up just on the same par as everyone else then you're just trading gear with everyone else like usual so i was thinking about that and then um and then i was also thinking about like ways to make it kind of semi-interesting where like this is like I'm, i'm i'm going kind of a bit off here but um i was thinking about like you can you could create your own like set of like find raid item requirements to create, like, stashes between the maps, like, little ones. So you kind of, like, make your own, like, hideout requirements. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, oh, we can, you can create, like, a little hidden stash chest thing. So when you leave from one map That'd to another cool. map, even though you're away from your main base, you have a little mini stash to just, like, keep a few yeah. things in between maps, that kind of thing.
1: That's a good idea. I like that.
0: I was thinking about that, like, so some other artificial restrictions, but then it's like, oh, you got to go and get screws and whatever to, like, build the little mini stash. So there's more stuff to do. Um, something like that anyway, I'm, I'm still brainstorming it so maybe we talk about it uh, either next week or the week after if I do actually like come to some conclusion about it, I don't know we'll, we'll see, we'll see, but that's, that's what I was yeah. thinking about, because I like those kind of things I like working towards like tangible that's why I really like the hideout, I like tangible things that you build that then do something for you, I, I really like those kind of things especially mm-hmm. when they're permanent, it feels, it feels so good, you know, the, the proper you know dopamine kick into the lizard brain, you're just like, oh
2: yeah, achievements, yeah, sure.
0: achievements. You know, it makes you feel good. Yeah, so, so we'll see. And maybe I'll do something soon. I'm not sure. Um, I probably should get Kappa first. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Kappa. Yeah. yeah, that's really. I like that idea. I think I'm. If I ever do the Open World Challenge again, I think I'm going to incorporate that because that's that one of the things that came up is. So for those who don't know, I have um, I did like an ep- episode series for the Open World Challenge. I only did two episodes because the game wiped when I was. Doing it, And that was kind of unfortunate. But anyways, um the one of the episodes I wanted to go to interchange to do something. And basically, once I got there, there was like this huge fight going on outside of power station. And, and I rolled up on it and I was like the last one. There was one that sorry, I killed the last guy that killed all the other guys. And there was like so much gear. And it was like such a great feeling. And I took it all. So I went back to customs, and then like I had a, had like all this loot on me. Like I'm overweight at the start of the spawn, and I have to get to the other side of customs. I make it there by some miracle, and then it's like, oh my god, here's here it comes, the arena of factory. Because like, dude, factory late wipe is just like giga chad, giga chad, Timmy, giga chad, giga chad. You know, so I'm just like, please let me make it. And I think I didn't make it. I died and I lost everything, and it was just like, oh, it was so brutal. But uh, my point there was to say. It was like so hard to like. I would like most of the time, I would just be like factory, okay, back to hideout, dump all the loot, factory, back to hideout, dump all the loot, you know, instead of like factory, customs, interchange, labs, make them, because it's like, dude, that's like a long trek, man. Like, that's a lot of opportunities to to fail. So I'll have to incorporate that. Sounds really cool. And we could definitely talk about that. I'd love to hear some of your ideas. But, um, Yep. yep, that's cool, man. That's cool. So, anything else?
0: Uh, I guess there was only one thing that I wanted to mention as well, um, extra, which, and I don't know if you had any questions about it, right? Because like, I released my penetration, like the sort of advanced in-depth penetration video last weekend. And I've been quite excited to do this because I actually, I mentioned my like initial thoughts about it in the first place on here about like the penetration sensitivity um, concept and about how like a couple of pen makes a really big difference in some bullets and not on other bullets. Um, and uh, yeah, I was just like really excited to, to bring that video out. And um, I think, like, yeah, I, I said previously, kind of like the crux of that whole video was like, when is a level five armor? When should you ditch that and wear a level four instead? That's like full health, that kind of thing. Um, which the rule of thumb it turns out is something like 40% ish. So, like, 40% of that... the level, level five is now you know, level four acts identically, which I was actually quite surprised as to how like how well it maps. It literally just like the pen curve, like the, the penetration chance percentage curve, just shifts sideways with durability pretty much in a completely parallel fashion. And then it just yeah. sits on top of the level four, 100% penetration curve, like one to one. So you're like, well, a 40% armor at level five, it's exactly the same. It acts exactly the same as level four armor at 100%. It's amazing. And the same with level six. And I think it's just because it's formulaically done, and a level five armor is just
1: like high, right. you
0: know, higher on the, on the chart.
1: Exactly. So there's nothing, there's yeah. nothing
0: different about them innately. It's just, it's all calculated on the same thing, but there's like a variable that's just tweaked higher for level five. Um, and you can yeah. get it back down to there by taking the durability down enough. So that was quite, yeah, that was quite interesting. It was quite an interesting takeaway.
1: Yeah, it was. I mean, it's like, yeah, that's definitely useful because now I'll know when to ditch the armor and take it. But it was also just like, like you said, I mean, it was, I, I would have guessed like, I don't know. Sixty percent, it would have been worth ditching it. You know, like I, I would have thought, yeah. So that's actually really interesting. the The one thing that I wanted to know was what was the two armors you were comparing it to, or was it just in general class four?
0: It was in general class four. Or class four, class
1: five. Yeah, because
0: because all that matters in terms of the pen chance is the percentage durability versus max. So a slicker half it's the same as like a Bastion um, or extra armor at half. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't actually matter which one you look at, so long as you're. Cause, and that's kind of the oh, way they're that both. They're both. Too. I, I see.
1: I see. Yeah. 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 So
0: the percentage chance is yeah. the same because it's all. It's all. Yeah. Relative. So at a hundred percent, all I the armors you. in that class are the same, right? So like a trooper is the same as like the ragman yes. junk rig and all that stuff. Um. And, and again, at fifty percent durability, it's the same. But like, obviously, what matters is like the actual amount of Overall effective durability matters, but that all that does is boost up what the total should be. And at half, it's still half. And so that's kind of why, like, the whole video is kind of stated in terms of like percentages of durability as well, because then you can just apply it from one thing to the next. Okay, well, at 75% durability. A level five is X, and that's fine for a or It's fine for a Gem Four. It's like it's the same, the same thing. You just have to take that durability and look at what 75% of it is.
1: Now the Korund that has a worse destructibility stat because it's ar- is it armor Uh You yeah. know. So and I'm pretty sure that the armor steel breaks, gets destroyed um, faster.
0: Oh, yeah, it's got point seven. Yeah, stat.
1: it's not as bad as ceramic. Ceramic's really bad, but it, yeah, that would be bad. interesting. Is because ceramic? How many shots could you, like, what maybe one and a half? Or two before it's like drops below that forty percent threshold that you were saying.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it depends. It depends on the armor, but and uh, the actual durability itself before you apply the destructibility statistic to it. But this is—I um, actually had a couple of comments. Oh, interesting. Were saying, like people saying, like, well, how you know how much damage does a round do to a piece of armor? And I had to reply to them, and I, I think I've said before in here, like, I don't know because <laughs> It's not listed anywhere, Um, and there's basically like it's the damage of the round multiplied by the by the the damage the armor damage percentage, fine, multiplied by some combination of the penetration versus the armor class. Because like if you take like a PSO round and you shoot a Mm -hmm. slick, it does nothing. Mm -hmm. It does nothing at all. And so that not even one point one. It's like one or something. I think the one okay. is the minimum. I think so. It does like it
2: does like one. Okay,
0: and gotcha. so it's like there's some there's some oh, what's the word? There's like but there's some relationship between n and armor class, which is applied to the damage times the, the armor damage percentage to give you your overall armor damage. Um, and I would I don't know I'd like. You know, I actually think you might be able to check it out because there is uh, I, I, honestly what I should do is I should either ask Nofam or I should just ask Veritas, like one of the two of them. Because like NoFam probably just knows Veritas had to build it into Battle Buddy, right? And you can access the um, the armor class testing thing and the destructibility testing, which I cannot because I have an Android phone and I have the Android version of Battle Buddy and I can't access that. So I don't have the scenarios and I also don't have the the durability uh, scenario testing. Either, which I guess if you had access to that, then you could kind of infer what that might be by testing a few different rounds and having a look at what the damage actually is. Um, like my, my gut feeling is that if something is like on par with um, if like a round is on par with the armor that you're facing against, then it probably is the bullet's damage times by the destructibility by the like armor destructibility percentage, I would guess. So something like BT versus level four, I imagine it probably just does the, the damage of BT applied by that percentage that it has, I would I would guess as some um, durability damage, because again, interestingly, like that those are the ones that are in that pen sensitive area. So if you have like a fifty percent chance right to, to penetrate, then that's kind of like the round is matched with the armor. And so whatever this like extra funny factor is, it's probably you know neutral for that round. I would guess, and this is again it's pure speculation. So without either like knowing what the formula is or going into raid mm-hmm. to go and test it. Like neither of which I've had the opportunity to do yet. Um, you, I, I don't know. And, and somebody even linked me to no no Fam's blog in on in the comments on the YouTube, and they were like, oh well, look, it says here. And I said, yeah, look, it says there's a relationship. That's all it says. <laughs> it says there is a relationship between yeah. damage. Um, sorry, between penetration and the the armor class. And I was like, that doesn't let me calculate anything. It doesn't say anything. Right. It tells me that there's like something going on there, which if you shoot a slick with PSO is blatantly obvious. Um but how the number is actually created is a whole other question. So maybe I should just ask them because it's something that I just haven't seen written anywhere. But like Veritas has obviously had to deal with that to actually write the Battle Buddy app to do the things that he's made it do on the
2: on the um iPhone version, on the uh, iOS version. So maybe I'll just presumably
1: them. that Yeah. Yeah. I I also just just loved how it just the video sort of like showcased just how important. Penetration is like how much it really matters. Like yep. damage really comes secondary here. So, and yeah, and it makes like... me even wonder like how much of an importance does um armor damage matter? You know, um, and like how much of importance does destructibility matter? You know, these are all because I feel like everyone sort of favors repairability, but destructibility. Sometimes they go hand in hand, like like ceramic, for example. Ceramic repairs really bad and breaks yeah. down really easily. Whereas like armor steel, like the Kurand, it breaks down really bad, and but it repairs really well. So, it, it, yeah, I, I just I guess I just wonder how much destructibility actually matters, like the the armor destructibility of the ammo. Um, but definitely, pen seems to be super important. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think that's the thing. There's like a couple of like misconceptions. I would say like some of the biggest misconceptions we talk of are about this particular topic. The first one being that the destructibility and repairability are not the same. So a lot of people think that Mm -hmm. steel is really good because it repairs really well. Well, actually, it's just it's really bad. It's like second second worst to ceramic. Um, Yeah. And there's also some others that I think like titanium is not that. Like it's quite expensive to repair it repairs okay, but it's very expensive but it's actually hmm. it's it's all right on on the destructibility side combined materials is actually awesome now for destructibility
1: as titanium um what the oh god what's it called not the the class five not the a c c p but the other one the tac tech is that titanium the, i want to say TAC- i can't remember
0: no the tac tech is actually the um Whatever the, what's the acronym UH, uh, it's ultra okay. high molecular weight Polyethylene, It's, um, yeah, 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 because there's a few of them that are the same, right? So, killer is that
2: tactic, is that ACPC, is that uh, is that it? Uh, is the hex grid that one as well? Because the, think... the slicks
1: armor steel, the slicks armor steel, is it really?
0: Yeah, but they have um, because the slicks got 80 and the hex grid has 50. when you when you do the math on them, that's like they're always, right, like, the slicks, they're very, very close. Yeah, the slicks just like
1: slightly better. better. Yeah, I think so. I it's, think one, it's it's one, like one, three points or, or something. Yeah, it's very close. So yeah. I
0: think that's probably the first misconception. And this, and the second misconception, which I find a lot, is that like people love wearing level four armor, and they're like, oh well, you know, the trooper is really good, and it's like got really high. So probably one of the highest, um, without going for durability all the arms numbers. And stuff, One of the highest durability numbers, but like you look at the 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 video that I made, right? And like level four versus level five, it's quite a big difference. Level five is quite a bit better than level four, and it's like sure, if someone's shooting you with a bullet that will that will get caught by level four, then you're going to be all right, but there's an awful lot of rounds that are just going to go straight through. So it doesn't. Yeah. In those cases, it's just like it's a false economy in some ways wearing level. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think like it's it's kind of overrated in some ways i think level four's overrated yeah. and, and sometimes level five is underrated because like there is like i remember there's a time when i used to run level four all the time um
2: yeah you know, i was a trooper user
0: wife, yeah and it's like one of those things because like to t- take that step up to level five is it's expensive right when you're when you're first playing and you don't have a, a lot of money or, or whatever level four is much more plentiful but it will save you a lot more often than level five, especially especially towards the end of the game. Like level four is completely fine in the mid game of the wipe when everyone's using yeah. BT or, or lower rounds than that and that you're getting shot up by yeah. 63 all the time out of MP5s and that kind of thing. Like then it's okay, but um, as soon as people start moving up into some of the other rounds and you know, M9 and m eight fifty five a one starts to become really prevalent once people are getting some trader levels up, that kind of thing. Like you really yes. should move up to level five really um, if your budget can stand it. Unless you're just getting headshot all the time. It's its own thing. But I think, like, yeah, I think that's the one thing that it shows just like how good level five is versus level four and how good level six is versus level five, especially if you're tanking a lot of Thor. Yeah, yeah. It's a big gap. Big gap. And
1: I think that's why M61 is just king for a lot of people. It's just like, yeah. doesn't matter what you're wearing, buddy. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're yeah, dead. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and,
0: I, and I think, like, almost like more importantly about that, M61 in some cases for end gameplay is really like the only choice. Because even if you look at something yeah. like M995, which, like, in my mind, you think, oh, this is the AP round. That's the, that's the go-to AP round for 5.56, where it only has a 25% chance to pen level 6 on the first shot. It's low. You have to it's break them high. down. It's not that yeah. high. It's not that high, which is why m 61s becomes so popular, because it's just, like, two-shot dead everybody. It doesn't matter. Like, one shot in the yeah. head, two shots in the thorax, everyone's dead. Um, and so it's just kind of king at the end of white like nothing really comes close
1: yeah I think um, to your point um, about the value of level 5 it's like before they added the the karans and it used to be what like Killa Armor, the AACP I think and the Tech were like the big ones but Killa was so expensive because it was a found and rate only one and it was like the best class 5 but then they added the the karan which is like the knockoff Value killer armor. And it's just like, to me, it's made the prevalence of level five armor like so much more that now it's like, man, even it's like you're seeing the ammo meta is like now M61s are everywhere. M995, I mean, of course, economy has has a play as well, but yeah. even like five a five, one sometimes can feel so hit or miss. Yeah. And that's not even rated for class five. It's only rated for class four. And it's like, okay ish for class four, if I recall. So it's, it's that. Yeah. I, I was a little bummed out about the class 5 edition and the traders, but I think it's fine considering the state of the game overall. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely class 5 armor is like the minimum, I feel like, uh, past the mid-game. it's Like the, the very minimum. Most cost-effective, probably.
0: I think so at this um, point, now the armor's quite cheap, yeah. So, I think so. Especially yeah. with the armor bosses.
1: I need my slick for half off. (laughs) Cool. All right, man. man. Uh, Anything else you got? Wrap it up here.
0: I think that's good. I think that's good without veering wildly off into a new topic. I think that's a
2: reset. Sounds good. Well, guys, we'll wrap it up there and uh, we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. Catch you later.